Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with a miserable hembo alongside. Cam's not happy either. Bubba is just sort of sitting there being obstinate. So we're all basically filling the roles that you would expect on this Monday as we are presented by Progressive Insurance and we come to you live as always above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. As I said earlier, I I can go through every game in the NFL yesterday and give you hot takes on every single one of them. We can do reactions, whatever you want, but I'm sure a lot of people are tuning in because they want to hear, first and foremost, my perspective on, on a stunning Jet win yesterday. So if you're just joining us, I'll give you a quickie on that, and then we'll go through the rest of it. I am exactly that. I am stunned. And I am incredibly impressed. If you listen to me, you know that I am... There are some people who are just homers for their teams, and I hope I've made it clear that I am not that at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I know a lot of Jet fans get mad at me because they think sometimes I'm too critical of the team. My honest, my approach is I'm just as honest as I can be with you about what I think I'm seeing. So three weeks ago, I thought the Jets were done, dead, buried, forget it, get Kirk Cousins, get someone, didn't matter. The kid can't play at all, and it will tear the team apart. And I am thrilled to tell you I was wrong, dead wrong. They have coached Zach Wilson and led him, and however much responsibility or credit for this Aaron Rodgers gets, I can't tell you, but I think his presence has mattered. And Nathaniel Hackett, who everyone questioned, can he actually coach or is he just there to recruit Aaron Rodgers? I think he is coaching his behind off. And Robert Sala, give him all the credit in the world, held this team together through a a catastrophic start. When you lose your quarterback around whom everything was built four plays into a season, no one could blame you if you were done. And somehow they're not. Exactly what they're capable of, I don't know. But we don't have to decide that now. I do know that their season has been delightfully better than I think we had any right to expect in that moment when Aaron Rodgers sat back down after getting up and realizing he couldn't put any weight on his foot. So... The primary people that I have questioned are the ones who get all the credit for me. Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett, Zach Wilson, in any order you want, because I knew everyone else was good. So I'm not surprised at how good the de- – well, I did not expect that from that defense yesterday without Sauce Gardner and, and, and um, the other guys they were missing. I did not expect that. But I knew the defense would be great. I knew they were deep at running back and good. I knew they were deep, deep at weapons on the outside, and they are. I knew the offensive line would be a work in progress, and it has. The three people I questioned were the head coach and his ability to lead, the offensive coordinator and his ability to do anything without Aaron Rodgers, and the quarterback and his ability to do literally anything. And they have done it. So I am thrilled to tell you I was wrong. I don't know exactly where this is going to go from now, but I'm having far more fun than I thought was even remotely possible with this season, 
when Rodgers got hurt. I mean, they've basically found the formula. I mean, the, the Jets have played six games. They've only lost the turnover battle in one of them. But Zach Wilson is their quarterback, so that's obviously a play. Like, you'll take the sacks, right? You'll take the punts. You, you can't take the turnovers, and he's done a decent job. Was that the New England game or the Dallas game? The Dallas game. Yeah. The, the New England game, they were even in that game. And secondly, the Jets, have the, the Jets' defense in the second half this year has been otherworldly. They have played 37 drives and allowed one touchdown. They're allowing less than one point per drive after halftime. Mm-hmm. Like, that's rare. You're giving your offense a chance. All you have to do, Zach, is get to average. If you can protect the football, move it a little bit, kick some field goals, you're going to have a chance in every game. Now, you can't exactly look at the Jets' schedule and say win, 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 loss, because every once in a while, you're going to have that kind of blow-up game when you have Zach Wilson playing quarterback for you. But Nathaniel Hackett has done a pretty good job in shrinking the menu, giving him, I think, easier answers, and even without Garrett Wilson for a chunk of that game yesterday, can at least fake it. If you can punt at the end of the drive or kick a field goal, you've done your job. And Zach Wilson, more often than not, especially throughout the month of October, is doing his job. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, delightfully surprised for the better. I couldn't be more ecstatic. I couldn't be more excited. I have no idea what's going to happen. But I will tell you, and I'm aiming this directly at all of the people who have been mocking me, making fun of me, laughing at me. I'm talking to you, my buddy, Donald Greca. And everybody else telling me out of my mind. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. He's coming back. There's no doubt about it. Why is he standing out there without crutches yesterday, moving around reasonably well, throwing football, standing on the sideline throughout that game? He is around this team, not as a coach. He is around this team because he absolutely is a part of it. And he's coming back to play. This season has months left in it. The NFL season has never been as long as it is right now. If there's only one good thing, any one good thing that happened about his injury, it happened right at the beginning. It gave him as much time as is reasonably possible to come back and play. So could I see him playing in sometime in December? If the Jets are playing well enough, if the Jets have enough wins, if they have made the games meaningful, the answer is yes. And you can keep making fun of me. And you can keep saying I'm out of my mind. You say whatever you want. We'll have this conversation when he is starting sometime in December. I mean, I, I, I under, if I were a fan of the Jets, I'd probably want the same thing. Obviously, I would want the same thing. But, like, I think we still have to be pragmatic here. Like, we still have – precedent is in place for a reason. And this would just blow past any kind of precedent that we have. So this is one of those, like, I'll believe it when I see it. Or maybe I'll believe it if and when I start to hear people like Adam Schefter say – He's starting to hear from around the league that this is possible, yada, yada, yada. But to me, Aaron Rodgers being there is not a sign that this is likely to happen. It's just that Aaron Rodgers is there because he's on the team and wants to be there. Your thoughts, as always, on the uh, Greeny and you're part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line is what I meant to say. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. I see these overreactions in here. Give me a little music, Cam. Let's do those. We'll do them in one-question form. I have only one question. I'll do them here. I'll throw the question out, and you guys tell me. If I were to say, and these are from Dan Graziano's ESPN.com article, that Jim Schwartz, the Browns' defensive coordinator, was the best acquisition any team made all offseason, would that be an overreaction? Bubba. Sorry, I missed the question. Bubba, the... the <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was, I was sending an email. <laughs> to who? 
doesn't matter. Read the email. We, we, you have to read the email. I mean, the point is, it was not an email that pertains to today's show, right? Like, like I could see if you were sending an email that pertains to this segment of this show. No. I, just, I saw something that reminded me that I needed to do something. I saw something in here. Was it even work-related? Yes. So the email was work-related. Read the email. It was to his hairdresser. <laughs> It's, it's, it's about, it's, it's too convoluted to even explain, but no, it's, it's something, I saw something in here, someone came down like last week uh, from transmission, was asking about something in the, in the control rooms, and then I realized I gave them incorrect information, and I needed to correct that, Man. and then I saw, uh, we have a little TV thing in here, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh yeah, I should send them the information, so I started typing it. Was not expecting you to ask me the question. Um, so you know what's interesting? You can probably yeah. lose the music here. Is that we've we've been doing this show <laughs> for nah, several years it. now. <laughs> yeah, and I throw questions at you all the time, right? I mean, have you not gotten used to the idea? Yeah, I mean, I'm, that at any point, I'm, sure. we, we were we were a little community here, the hashtag crew. No, I, I mean, I'd say I, my success rate is probably ninety nine point nine percent. But I know, but that's not okay. Like you know, every this once is in not, a while, you got to send an email. If you if you get an answer wrong. Then right. I could see you saying my success rate is ninety nine percent. If you didn't hear the question, right? I don't think that applies to a success rate. I, I think a success rate of one hundred percent is a reasonable expectation. All right, what was the question? Can we get the question? Is <laughs> was Jim Schwartz, the Browns' defensive coordinator, the best acquisition that any team made all off season long? Um, uh, overreaction. Okay, <laughs> that's 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 just a bit much. Glad so, we who, sorted that out. I mean, I was going to say it's Aaron Rodgers, but obviously it hasn't been Aaron Rodgers. So if it isn't Jim Schwartz, who is it? Yeah, no one comes to mind, but it's definitely not Jim Schwartz. Uh, is it someone come to your mind, Cam? Uh, no, I'm going to say this is not an overreaction because Hembo mentioned all the injuries the 49ers had. The Browns also lost Nick Chubb. We're playing with an XFL player from last year, PJ Walker. So they had just as many things to overcome, and that defense played out of their mind. Yes, it helped that the 49ers missed so many key pieces, but Miles Garrett is a monster, and he leads that defense, and they're the best in the NFL. I think Houston fans have to be pretty good about the D'Amico Ryan-CJ Stroud combo that they have, but if you're looking for one person, there's no person that has um, turbocharged, jump-started, whatever word you want to use, a unit better than Jim Schwartz has that defense. They've gone from being average to being the best in the league by us by a long shot. All right, fair enough. I have only one question. If I were to say the Bengals are about to go on a run and roll all the way to a third straight division title after a hard-fought win yesterday over Seattle, Burrow doesn't look spectacular yet, but finding ways to win, the division did not run away and hide from them. Bubba, if I said the Bengals are going to win that division, is that an overreaction? Uh, I don't think it's an overreaction. Uh, I, th- I think I'm still probably taking Baltimore. You're taking Baltimore. But um, I don't think it's an overreaction to say that the Bengals go on a run. They certainly look better than they have uh, recently. Cam? Uh, not an overreaction that they could win, but it is an overreaction that they will roll through the division. I think the winner of that division is going to be 10-7 and seven or 9-8, and eight, and I think the Browns, Ravens, and Bengals will all be right there. Hembo. So the Bengals, after their bye, go to San Francisco, then host Buffalo, then they play Houston, which is not a gimme, and then they have to go to Baltimore. Their schedule is brutal here coming up in the next month. That will probably determine the outcome. I don't think they'll win the division in large part because they started 0-2 in the division to start the season. I favor Baltimore to do it. I also think Cleveland has a real shot to do it also. Cleveland got waxed by Baltimore. Cleveland has been through the division once already, and they're 1-2. and two. They beat Cincinnati 24-3 to start the year. 
Then they lost to Pittsburgh 26-22. And then two weeks ago, right? I mean, the, their previous game to this, the Ravens beat them 28-3. So it's kind of hard. I mean, all this love for Cleveland, and I get it, but their quarterback has not looked good at all. The defense is elite, but they're going to have to get a little more out of it. I definitely do like Cincinnati to win that division. I have only one question. If I were to say this is the best Detroit Lions team of your lifetime, no matter how old you are, would that be an overreaction? I think the answer to that, I'm the oldest one in this group. So I'll say no. It is certainly the best Lions team of my lifetime. I remember when Wayne Fonts and, and that Lions team... Barry Sanders. This would have been early '90s, I want to say. Yeah, 90, 91. They went. They beat the Cowboys. And they, they won the division. They, and they lost the NFC Championship game. I remember he lit a cigar, and Dick got all mad at him. And 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 he had um, was Scott Mitchell the quarterback of that team? Yes. No, that was, that no, was Eric Kramer. Eric Kramer. Oh, sorry, yeah. I shouldn't speak on things before my time. Yeah, so Eric Kramer, and then obviously, you know, Barry Sanders at Kramer, And who yards. did they lose to? They lose to Washington in the NFC Championship? Who was the NFC Championship? Yeah, Washington. Yeah, they beat the Cowboys. That was the Mark Rippon uh, Washington lost, team. Yeah, yeah. Washington, yeah. So I, I'm going to say the answer is yes. Hembo, are there numbers that suggest otherwise? Um, the most they've ever won in a season is 12 games, and it was in 1991. I mean, I think you you probably don't have to go back to the 50s. In ter- like, the Lions were great before the Super Bowl era, but in terms of anyone's lifetime that's probably listening here, the answer is yeah. And then one more. I have only one question. And I'm putting this to all of you. Again, this is Graziano's list. If I were to say the Jets are going to find their way into the playoffs in spite of the Aaron Rodgers injury, is that an overreaction? Bubba. Uh, I'm saying uh, not an overreaction. I think it's I think it's possible. I think they can do it. Their defense is... is are they a- going to make the playoffs? Yes. That's one vote for yes. Cam. I think the Jets will not make the playoffs. That's one yes and one no. Hembo. I agree with Cam. They will not. They will not. Why are you saying that? I don't I ha- like you saying that because it means you have numbers that I'm not going to like hearing. He's wearing a sauce garter jersey. What is <laughs> That's this? That's right. How could you Big possibly Jets feel fan. that way? And so FPI says the Jets have only a 19% chance to make the playoffs despite being where they are right now. That modeling is saying the body of work for Zach Wilson is unimpressive. And for as good as the defense is, it's still the defense. It's very difficult to win in 2023 if the defense is the backbone of your team. I'm still going to say the Jets, I need to see more, I need to see more improvement from Zach Wilson on a week-to-week basis before I'm willing to go there in that conference. This is Greeny. A reminder, if you're not able to hear all two hours of our show today or any day, you can catch up on both hours in the Greeny podcast. It's available daily wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch our show on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for hashtag Greeny, and enjoy. Coming up next, a really fascinating uh, edition of In Case You Missed It, you will hear two legends saying things that you know it killed them to have to say about their former teams. Don't miss it next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Don't forget, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget, the Road to the World Series goes through us. Every pitch here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Rangers take game one in the American League Championship Series last night. What time the Phillies play today? Eight o'clock. So they're the primetime game tonight, mm-hmm. and then nighttime tomorrow again? That's right. So Hembo is all ready and fired up for all this. Let me ask you this. You, you, I'm giving you the choice, you and Cam. You, you, you have both your teams. You have the Eagles and the Phillies in their respective championships last year, and they both lost. If I could tell you right now, one of them will win it this year, but only one. Which one would you choose? I would sign up for the Phillies. The Eagles have won it more recently than the, uh, than the Phillies have. And this particular Phillies team is, I think, especially beloved, at least by the standards of Philadelphia. That's Cam? what I'd say. Yeah, completely agree for all the same reasons. And then I would ask Bubba, who is both a Cowboy fan and a Met fan. Somehow. Which would gall you more if indeed you are have a moment? Like, I don't want to get in the way of whatever other work you may be doing. or He's sending or emails. Any other way you might be He's spending your time. Yeah, you never know. But assuming you have a second, if I could trouble you, would you as a Met fan hate to see the Phillies win the World Series, or would you as a Cowboy fan hate to see the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Which of those would upset you more? Wow. That is, that is a tough one. Um, I think I think I would rather... I think I'd rather the Eagles just win it again since they've recently won. I'd rather because the Phillies haven't won I mean, in, a, in, a, in a little while. So I don't want them to. Well, they were 08? 08. Yes. Yeah, so I don't right. want them to get that excitement again. I mean, either way, obviously it's going to be terrible. Philly fans just so annoying and brutal. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I think if I had to pick one, I guess I'd just have it be the Eagles because uh, they're also just so far behind the Cowboys in Super Bowls. It's just embarrassing. So um, I guess I would pick Eagles. What, what, what am I remembering about that World Series? Didn't that end like on a rainout game that got played like yes. in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday? Am I remembering that right? Sort of. Game five was stopped dur- uh, during it. Like it was suspended for a full day and a half. And right. then they resumed the game from 
like late late in the game. And right. So it was they like played this, like a couple innings and it was over like was on, a, on a Tuesday afternoon or something. They like didn't that. play uh, during the day. They played. They scheduled the they scheduled like the resumption of game five. It was for for the evening. Like they played it in prime time. They did. Yes, they did. Why am I remembering that wrong? I, I'm having a hard time remembering all. This is there are things that I I remember things that happened in my childhood better than I remember things that happened 15 years ago. <laughs> I, I can't explain. I agree it why. with that 100. percent But but I I would definitively. I don't. My ha- childhood was 15 years ago. <laughs> How old were you when the Phillies won in 08, Cam? Do you even remember that? Uh, I was 11. Yeah, it was one of my first years as a Philly fan. I was like, wow, this is easy. <laughs> become a fan and they they win the eagles were in the nfc championship game that year too it was riding high all right here's a fun stat for you jumping into the numbers, numbers. this is him like derrick henry stat uh, <laughs> okay so derrick henry notably the running back of the tennessee titans he has thrown more touchdown passes in the month of october now in its 16th day than mac jones derrick henry has one Mac Jones has none. That's where the Patriots are offensively. They're so bad. Until yesterday, the Red Sox had scored more runs in October than the Patriots had scored points. What day did the season end? Like October 1st? First. Yeah, they had one game. They played one game. And how many runs did they score? Four, I think it was. Four, and, and, four and, runs. And, and the Patriots had scored a total of three points Yes, in the month of yesterday. October until yesterday. All right, depressing. One way or another, uh, that's just how it, – it's gotten so bad in New England that even I'm not enjoying it. Like, it's too bad to enjoy. By the way, we've talked a lot about Don Shula's coaching wins record that yeah. Bill Belichick is pursuing. If he's not careful, he could break the losses record this year. He's eight shy of – if you include the playoffs, he's eight shy of Landry – if you don't include the playoffs, he's still eight regular season wins shy. I think it's of Dan Reeves. So either way, like Belichick with eight more losses could break that record this year. But that's kind of like, like there was a moment in time when Brett Favre was the all-time leader in touchdowns mm-hmm. and interceptions, right? Sure. Like that just comes with the territory. If I you're going to coach I'm... that long, you're going to lose a lot of games too. Most people don't get to lose that many games because they get fired when they've had three bad seasons. He hasn't had three of bad seasons. Of course not. I guess what I'm saying is we've only heard about the Shula record. Right. Whereas this was something I was reminded of yesterday. So, so we asked Teddy about it today. So this is what I, when I said we're going to do in case you missed it. We had Teddy Bruschi. You know, our Mondays have been a little different on Get Up this year. We had to do two shows without Dan. So our usual Monday crew, it's me with Rex Ryan, Dan Orlovsky, and Ryan Clark. That's been our Mondays for years, and it's terrific. Um, we had to do a couple of shows without Danny because he was um, doing Monday night games. And now we've had to do the last two shows without Ryan Clark because um, they're doing Monday Countdown on the road. They're in L.A. for the game tonight. So we got Teddy Bruschi in today, which was terrific. He's terrific. Teddy is so good on TV and such a good guy. But anyway, with all of these struggles for New England, it was, it was a fortuitous timing that I was able to ask him about that and about Belichick, not just in the short term and how bad this team is, but in the long term, and could we be seeing the end? And here's what Teddy said. I have always known Bill to only coach for meaningful wins, meaningful in terms of division championships, playoff wins, Super Bowls. It's shifted now. The meaningful wins are now all for him. All right, it's for the Shula mark. Isn't that over all of him right now, yeah. all of the, the organization? Sure. Yes. The 18, he needs to get Shula. I mean, there's, I think it's eight more until all-time loss record also. So, I mean, that's what it's all about, though. That's never what I knew Bill to coach for and to coach, for, like, the goal being. So is it all about Shula? Because if it is, we really got to look in the mirror and say, where are we going in the future? And that's, that's a tough decision for Mr. Kraft. 
I think that this thing is headed towards the end of Belichick in New England. I I don't see any scenario. Let let me make clear. What I'm giving you now are my opinions. I don't have any inside information that tells me this. But I I would be shocked, tell me if you disagree, if Belichick accepted a lesser role which is to say you can be the coach, but you can't be the talent evaluator anymore. I'm going to have some say in your coaches, that kind of stuff. And anything that is legitimately stepping on his toes, I cannot see him handling. Zero percent chance. Right. I, I agree with you. So you agree with me on that. Good. So that leaves two scenarios. One, no, I, I shouldn't say it leaves three scenarios. One, Belichick is no longer coaching anymore next year. Two, he's still the coach in New England and has basically all of his authority. Or three, he's the coach somewhere else. Of those three, if I had to bet on it, I th- I'm starting to think the likeliest scenario is that he's coaching somewhere else. Hmm. Mike Tannenbaum brought up a really interesting one. If Washington doesn't make the playoffs, new ownership, no um, allegiance to Ron Rivera, Sort of an up and down team. They're not. They're very unmemorable. Like watching them, they're actually not bad. But they're, they're, no one's that excited. I wouldn't think. Trying to get a stadium built there with a new owner, go out and hire the legendary coach Bill Belichick. While there may be no lesser salesman in the entire world than Bill Belichick, his name might actually help you sell a stadium. I thought that what Mike T said there made a lot of sense to me. I could see that happening next year. And you reminded me last week that. That's the same play that, uh, that Vince Lombardi ran, right? Vince Lombardi coached one season in Washington to end his career. I, I actually could see it. You put Bill Belichick on the billboard. You put him on the side of the bus, right? Like that's, that's actually a decent play. And I don't get the sense that he's, that he's done. Like I don't get the sense that he wants to be done. And obviously in Washington, he would have full control over the entire operation. They would obviously give him everything that he would ever want. The, the other thing, too, is they would probably have to forfeit some draft capital or something, right? You'd, you'd have to trade for Bill, presumably. Well, yes and no. So the Jets once traded, or the Patriots traded for Bill, just as the Jets traded for Bill Parcells uh-huh. before him. What I will say is, if Belichick makes it a question to craft of mm-hmm. fire me or I'm going to stay, then Kraft may be forced to work out a deal where in order to let it end well, he just lets him go. I see. Like, Bill's not going to want to go there and have to send back a bunch of draft picks if, if the Kraft doesn't want him to come back and coach the team anyway. If this is a de facto firing, but we're allowing you to walk out on your own terms, mm-hmm. I could see Bill saying, stick that. I'll keep my draft picks. Go ahead and fire me. I see. He's a pragmatic person. So I, I, I don't expect it to go that way. We'll see. One way or another, that was Teddy with us today. Meanwhile, Emmett Smith, the legendary cowboy, was on Unsportsmanlike here coast to coast on ESPN Radio this morning, talking about the Cowboys who play tonight, talking about Dak Prescott and his long-term future, and asking, answering the question, would you pay Dak? At this point, I probably wouldn't. Um, I think there are other positions on the football field um, that we need to have. We need to create. See, our defense have great chemistry. Offensively, we don't have the chemistry that's required. We're not matching what our defense is doing. Uh, from a chemistry standpoint and functionality standpoint and aggressiveness. So that sounds like a lot of coaching and not as much a lot of quarterbacking. And how much of that is on the current coach? I'm going to sneeze here in a moment. I, guess, I think my question about the, the Cowboys is, like, even if your answer to that question is no, and I want Bubba's opinion, of course, as someone who's watched every snap that Dak has ever played, but if your answer is no, 
my follow-up is, okay, then what is the alternative? Because even if we are to accept that Dak Prescott is an imperfect quarterback, even if you don't think he's one of the 10 or 12 best players in the league at his position at a given time, you're only as good as your next best alternative. So what is your off-ramp? You can't, you can't refuse to bring back Dak Prescott and then just go into a quarterback abyss. Because like Washington let Kirk Cousins go, and they still haven't found somebody. Like There are many examples of that kind of thing happening. So you just got to tell me who his replacement is before you tell me no. Well, your decision is not binary, Bubba, which is to say you're not either bringing Dak Prescott back or deciding you don't want him anymore. The third, the variable in this is the money. Mm. Do you want to pay him $55 million a year in a hard cap league? Right. That's the question. You brought it up a minute ago, uh, Hembo. Well, the Eagles are paying all this money to Jalen Hurts now. The expectations go up. You're not going to be able to keep all these other players. I think what Emmett is saying is it's more important to keep Micah Parsons. It's more important to keep C.D. Lamb. I'd rather keep them and have less money, spend much less money on a quarterback like, I'll just throw some names at you, Andy Dalton, Gardner Minshew, whoever next year's version of those guys are, and see if you can have a bridge. Now, will that bridge ever lead to Trey Lance? I don't know. I, I, I know. Here's what I do know. I know that when the 49ers drafted Trey Lance, I'm host of the NFL draft. That was my first year. I've never known anything like I knew these players. I've studied so hard for that draft. I haven't studied anything like that since I took the SAT. And let me tell you, people loved Trey Lance. They thought he was going to be sensational. The comp is Josh Allen. The size, the strength, the speed, the combination of athleticism and arm. He was super raw. Super raw coming out of the small school. Super raw coming out of a COVID season in which that small school did not have a season. They literally created one game as a showcase for him to play in. So this is a kid who's basically played one football game and then I guess parts of two others in the NFL in the last, what is it, four years, five years? Has his growth been so stunted by that that he could never be their quarterback? Well, maybe. But if if that's the case, then forget it. But if not... If you've got really good coaches around him, maybe he could be pretty good because there was a moment in time when he was expected to be. What do you think of that, Bubba? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the money is the whole thing. Because to me, I'm I'm a Dak guy. I'm as big a Dak guy as you were, you could be. And if if you're just saying in a vacuum, I would I want Dak on my team. I still have faith in him. I, I think he can do it. But as I've said, if, if if he can't get them at least to the NFC Championship game this year. I, I just don't think we can't keep doing the same thing and paying him fifty, sixty million, having him take up that much of the cap and all that space. I just, I just think it's going to be worth it in the future. So whether that is Trey Lance or uh, Gardner, whatever, and, we, and we're paying our quarterback ten million, whatever. I think that just got, that has to make more sense. If if all things were equal and it was just your, you had Dak and you pay him whatever, I would keep Dak. I think he is a good quarterback. I think he's you know average to above average. And I think he can win a Super Bowl, but we just can't keep doing the same thing every year and also pay this guy $60 million if we're going to have these heartbreaking losses at the end. If he proves us wrong and gets us the NFC Championship game this year, I'd be willing to pay him. But if not, I just think we have to go in a different direction because we can't hamstrung our team for another five years. Put in the rundown for tomorrow, Cam. Let's go through every team. Dak will play tonight. And let's go through every team in the NFL and decide exactly where he ranks. Where are the Cowboys in terms of starting quarterback in the NFL? Are they top 10? Are they top 12? Are they top 16? Feels like a magic number. 
Once you get past 16, that's no longer average. So we'll do that tomorrow. Today's not the day for it. Meantime, with you, Hugh Greeny on ESPN Radio, a reminder, you can listen to the program on the ESPN app. You can listen on Sirius XM Channel 80, and you can see a picture of a very, very unhappy Hembo in a Sauce Gardner jersey today. Just the beginning of the payment that he will have as a result of his Eagles losing to my Jets yesterday. The photo of, if you want to see what misery looks like in a photo, go to my Instagram page at ESPN Greeny on Instagram and just look at Hembo's face. It is the face of defeat. The scoop. The scoop is everybody got hurt yesterday. That was a brutal day in the NFL. Where do we begin? Let me start with Justin Fields. Justin Fields got knocked out of that game for the Bears, and they brought a quarterback in that I've literally never heard of. Who is that person? Who did they bring in to play quarterback? I, I actually don't remember his name. Tyson Badgent. He's a D2 player. But they started talking about him, and I'm, I'm literally watching this game, and I have no idea who I'm watching play. D- didn't they have Peterman? Was it Nathan Peterman? They did they have, have Nathan Peterman. I, that's who I assumed was going in when I heard Justin me Fields too. got hurt. I, I, here is a sentence I never thought I would hear myself speak. If the Bears had Nathan Peterman, they would have won yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I watched that game with my nephew, and I mean, I don't know what is going on out there, but let's circle it back. Have we gotten an update on Justin Fields? Because it's a thumb, and I know x-rays were negative, but there's an MRI, and if they're doing an MRI, that means they're worried about more than just a break. If he's got ligaments and stuff like that in his thumb, this, this could be a terrible and premature ending to his entire tenure in Chicago, depending on just how bad this is. Have we heard anything out of there? Let, let, let's call over to our friends in Chicago. And I, I've been on the air for whatever it is, four hours. I think nothing updated so far. He dislocated his thumb, popped it back in, tried to play yesterday, but was oh. unable to grip the ball. Couldn't grip the ball. X-rays negative. But right. Because of the dislocation, he'll need an MRI. So right. we're finding out today. So so I don't know. What, like, I'm not a doctor. But that that if, if you're doing an MRI in the thumb... Because you already know the bone's not broken, so what are you looking at? You have torn ligaments in your throwing hand. That's it. I mean, that's you're not coming back and playing with that anytime soon. Tyson Badgent. I wonder if he has a LinkedIn page. He played, he played for the Shepherd Rams last year. You didn't remember watching him? Yeah, he was, job in the he was third string for most of the year, but in week four, he jumped ahead of Peterman because of the increasingly impressive play Badgen had, it says. So, where? where? Where was he doing this incredibly impressive, impressive in practice, play? I guess. Al- Albrecht really was happy with his uh, practice, I guess. i I, I, I got to be honest. I, I When he goes out, I said, all right, let, there's P-, and I, I was watching it. I was like, is that Nathan Peterman? And I, not that I know intimately what Nathan Peterman looks like. I remember thinking to myself. I, I think at one point I saw the back of the jersey, and I said, I don't think that says Peterman. I knew it wasn't him because – I didn't think he had that many tattoos. That, that for <laughs> yeah. me, that was the tell-all. Well, I've got the game. I've got the game. My my nephew's got that game on on a computer. So I'm like watching the computer here in red zone over here, and I'm looking down and I'm thinking, who the hell is this? Anyway, one way or another, that's a terrible injury yesterday, and we'll get the latest on that as we go. The 49ers were decimated. Christian McCaffrey is going to have testing today on an oblique. Debo Samuel is going to have testing today on his shoulder. Trent Williams got hurt. That's the kind of stuff that can sideline an entire season. The one thing about McCaffrey is you know injuries a concern. He gets a lot of usage. He's not that big. You just you just hold your breath because he's so special. He scored a touchdown in his 15th straight game yesterday. He, he might be the most important player to anybody's offense that isn't a quarterback in the whole league. And 
I don't know how bad that is. An oblique doesn't sound good to me. No, of course not. I spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks sort of extolling the virtues of Brock Purdy, who I thought has played great, and I thought we needed to sort of stop qualifying how great he played based upon his draft position. Yeah. But I think what yesterday demonstrates is that Christian McCaffrey is the engine there. Yeah. Like, Christian McCaffrey is what, dri- is, is what drives that offense, and Brock Purdy most definitely does not. Plus no Debo, plus the weather. I think that the weather did not help him at all. How, how is George Kittle... Who, who ran like 23 routes in, like, on pass routes yesterday, has one catch with one yard. Yeah, tell me all about it. I had him on DraftKings yesterday. Oh. That didn't go well. <laughs> Starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Embo trivia, go. Yeah, I looked it up. So Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions uh, yesterday. And so if we get up, I looked up. Who's got the most games like that? Who has the most... Three interception games by a quarterback in NFL history. Oh, that's a good one. The answer is next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. A few pieces of business before we wrap up for today, including a pick on tonight's big game and Hembo's predictions on the league championship series as well. But first off... Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Sneaky Hembo, go. Okay, we are ready to roll here. I've already locked in my answer. I'll have the guys go first, but Hembo already knows what my answer is, so I cannot be swayed by anything they say. The question today is... Which quarterback has the most three interception games in NFL history? Bubba? I am going with Dan Marino. Dan Marino is one answer. Okay, I don't like it at all. Cam? Uh, I'm going Vinny Testaverde. Okay, that's my answer as well. It has to be someone who played a long time, threw a lot of interceptions, but continued to play despite that. I, don't, I, w- I will be shocked if it's Marino. The two people I was deciding between are Brett Favre and Vinny Testaverde, 
And I thought if it was Favre, that might be too obvious for the sneaky Hembo. So I went with Testaverde. So we have two votes for Testaverde and one vote for Marino. And the answer is? The correct answer is George Blanda. Oh, my God. George Blanda. Oh, come on. So Blanda played into his 50s. Now, he was a kicker for much of that. I didn't realize he he played quarterback and kicker for the Raiders for a very long time. I didn't realize he played enough quarterback to have had that many three-interception games. I want to say that his record for interceptions was the one that Brett Favre broke. I'll I'll double back to confirm that for you, but the reason I ask these kinds of questions is because if the answer stuns me, I figure you'll find it interesting too. All right, uh, it is interesting. Let me look at that list. It is not in anywhere near where I thought the answer would be. George Blanda also threw 42 interceptions in one season. <laughs> is yeah. that right? So he was second yes. all time. I mean, um, he is second all time still. Was, football was very different. Wow. I mean, for those of you, uh, for those of you who don't, you're just not old enough. You just don't know. The game of football is just completely different. They were not nearly so risk averse. Like if you go back to the years that the Steelers were winning Super Bowls in the 70s. Bradshaw threw a ton of interceptions, and people will look back on those numbers now and try and knock down Terry. Oh, look how many interceptions he threw. That's just the way the game was played then. First of all, defensive players, you essentially could grab the wide receiver with the ball in the air, throw him on the ground, intercept it, and run the other way. The, the defensive backs, their hands were so covered in a substance called stickum that the ball would stick to him if he wasn't even looking. If it just touched it, it would go like, like it was like a magnet. Um, so the game was just completely different, and again, in some ways better, and in some ways not nearly as good. But but uh, did you just look up Bradshaw when I said that? Yeah, for his career, it was 212 touchdowns to 210 interceptions. He won the MVP one time, and his ratio that year was 28 to 20. Yeah, I mean, that's just how it was. But, but people will say, oh, see, that sucks, because Aaron Rodgers only threw four interceptions. It was just a different sport. They weren't playing the same sport, so it's really not a good comparison. All right, Monday Night Football Preview, brought to you by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Here we go. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Are the Cowboys a two-point favorite tonight? Mm -hmm. Is that what I have? What do you got from the public? So the public is on Dallas at 71%. It's not a total fade the public game, but I'm not surprised that the majority of the public does favor the Cowboys. It's basically a Cowboy home game. I mean, the fans will be 80% Cowboys. Bubba, how confident are you in Dallas tonight? I'm quite confident. I'm probably like a 97% confident. Here's what I'll say. If they don't win this game, because the Chargers are good, but they're not very good, and they do a lot of ridiculous things. If the Cowboys don't win this game, then I have real questions about them in the same way I do about the Patriots. Like, for for some reason, yesterday's game is what did it for me on the Patriots, not the 72-3 they had the previous two weeks. Because this was the week that if you're going to do anything this year, you come back and show it. The Patriots didn't. The Cowboys had better. And because I just am not ready to give up on them, and I'm sure I'm wrong, I will take the Cowboys and I will give the two. I bet Kellen Moore has some tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. I think you're going to see a flea flicker. I, th- I think this will be a kitchen sink game. This will be his Super Bowl, the Kellen Moore revenge game. I buy that. How did I do, by the way, on the pigskin pick and picks this week? Let's take a look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we have the most prepared. Bubba, staff. I don't mean I don't I don't want this show to get in the way of all the other things you do. You're obviously a very busy. He was and checking his email man. earlier, and now he can't check. You know, his email. Like, like when you call someone like during the middle of the day, you ask like, "Is this a bad time?" Yeah. Like you have to do that on the air. You're the only radio <laughs> producer in history. Bubba, he needs to be asked if now's a good time. Is this a reasonable time for me to ask you a question about the show? Yeah. In the interim, let's get Hembo's picks on the league championship series. Okay. So the National League starts tonight. Are you capable of removing your emotional attachment to the Phillies and making a pick that does not include that? I am. So it's the Diamondbacks and the Phillies starting tonight in Philly. I don't know exactly how. I've never bet on baseball. I don't know how the betting goes. I have to assume the Phillies are a ridiculously prohibitive favorite to win the series. They're a significant favorite to win the series. Not prohibitive. I favor the Phillies to win, not surprisingly, but I'm going to say Phillies in six. A lot of people are picking Phillies in four, Phillies in five. I don't see it that way. The Diamondbacks have played great. This postseason, they've hit a lot of home runs, and they're one-two starters. Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly are excellent. They can go toe-to-toe with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, but I do favor the Phillies and expect them to win games one and games uh, two at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. And Cam, as a Philly fan yourself, how confident are you? I'm confident, but the Diamondbacks have a little bit of the Phillies magic that the Phillies had last year when they came out of nowhere. They obviously don't have quite the same home field advantage or anything like that. I think the Phillies go up 2-0 in the series the next two nights. Diamondbacks maybe take one or two, and Phillies close it out hopefully in five or six. By the way, I see Bubba back there feverishly trying to well, figure we got the out numbers how I did you. in the pick. Got abacus back yeah, there moving. Well, usually they, they send the recap. I didn't get the recap, so I was doing it myself. They went 0-3. Always passing the buck. We went 0-3? <laughs> yeah, you did terrible. Who did we have? You picked the Bears, plus two and a half. Yeah. They lost. Picked the Seahawks, plus two and a half. They lost. Picked the Bucks, plus three and a half. They lost. And so. That's terrible. Most of the teams was not close. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Cincinnati game was close. Uh, the Detroit had, game was not checked. close. The Bears game was actually was close, but they weren't fair. Okay, uh, who's going to win the American League Series? Obviously, Texas already up one game to none. I, I'm picking the Astros to win the series in seven games, despite what happened yesterday. I was really surprised that Houston got totally shut out. Jordan Montgomery of, of the Texas Rangers threw a great game. Uh, Houston wasn't able to scratch across any runs, and Jose Altuve made a very uncharacteristic base running mistake in which he forgot to touch second base. That's just a thing in the playoffs for some reason this year, I guess. But Houston, I think, does have the, the, the championship medal, despite the fact that they lose in game one with Justin Verlander on the mound. That's the best team. But this is a coin flip series. In the end, I give the Astros a slight advantage. I think it will be Texas's bullpen, actually, in the end, that becomes their undoing. So the Astros and the Phillies, that would be a rematch, of course, of last year's World Series. Yes, which has not happened, uh, a World Series rematch, I mean, since uh, 1977 and 78. Yankees, Yankees Dodgers. Dodgers. It's not happened since then. I was going to ask you, what's the last time that happened? That is it. Because I assumed it would have happened since then, but it has not. Okay. So we will see great day and night tonight for the sports fan, and we will be the place to talk it all over back in Better Than Ever tomorrow. Same time, same place. Greeny and the crew on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.